Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. You want to deal with the best, you go to the best. Best products, best sales staff, best service department. That's Sunbury Motors. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. You have the weekend. It's hot. You have the 4th of July coming up. Weather looks great. And you need to make sure that you are fully stocked. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, including the great specials through Tuesday. Miller Lite 24-pack, 12-ounce cans, only $12.95. Labatt, Labatt Lite and Lime, 16-ounce, 24-pack, $17.97. And Seagram's Coolers, 12-packs, $10.99. Yes, they have wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Bags are right there at the register. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And with that, we go to our play-by-play call of the day. Pitch, swung on, line deep to left field, McNeil back, track, wall, game over! A walk-off home run for Gene Segura! Three-run shot in the night. It's a sweep for the Phils over the Mets. On the first career walk-off homer for Gene Segura. A celebration at home plate as the Phillies have walked off the Mets for the second day in a row. Mikhail Franco tied it up with a homer. And then Gene Segura won it. The call out Scott Fransky heard on News Radio 1070 WKOK yesterday and on the Phillies radio network. We, of course, are your home for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Marlins are next. U.S. and France, 50 minute mark. 1 0 U.S. Megan Rapino on a free kick. So far, the match's only goal. Many feel feel that this is the World Cup title matchup, even though it is the quarterfinals. But they have been the two superior teams, and they're meeting today in the quarters. That was early on, too, in this match, wasn't it? 14-minute mark. 14-minute? Yep. 14-minute mark. And now... A moment has arrived where I feel we should give the co-host his opportunity. 60 good IndyCar seconds. <laughs> you pick this week to give 60 good IndyCar seconds. Well, I'll tell you what. It was a great race last weekend at Elkhart Lake. It was an outstanding, dominating performance by uh, Rossi. Alexander looked really dominant in that race. Finally got the second-place monkey off his back and then won a race. Very exciting moment. I thought they only ran one a year. 
<laughs> one big one a year, yeah. <laughs> Next 500 miler will be uh, about uh, uh, about a month away at Pocono. Actually, you know, uh, we did the show up at Pocono. What do you think, Kevin? Five, six years ago. That, years we, ago? we did it the first year. Uh, that was the first year they had the races up at Pocono. Well, uh, since what eighty nine, so it was probably about five years ago, I believe. I remember a couple things. I remember that because obviously they have practice going on, so it's amazing. And this is what the people that tell you that go to Pocono all the time, and they follow NASCAR, they are amazed at the speed of the Indy cars. You know, it's not as if the NASCAR vehicles are going at a pedestrian pace, but that's. I mean, the Indy cars are, are rockets. Uh, 220. And the other element was that we saw some of the Indy light cars, but then they also did a parade. I remember driving out of Pocono that day, and they did a parade that included all the Indy cars from years gone by. It was fascinating. I stopped and watched some of it. It was fascinating. And Pocono, with the tri-oval, they do a great job there. I mean, really, it's easy in and easy out. If you love racing, I mean, Pocono will make you a racing fan. I think it's... it's it's. Uh, I did like it year, years ago when USAC, United States Auto Club, USAC used to do the Triple Crown, Indy, Pocono, Ontario. You know, the, the three 500-mile races. I thought that gave a little something to it. The problem that right now with with IndyCars, I think people do like super speedway stuff. Now, maybe I'm talking in general here, but they like the super speedway stuff like in Texas, Indianapolis, obviously, Pocono. But the road stuff, you know, I mean, you're trying to get as many races as you can and have some legitimacy to it. So like Long Beach, St. Petersburg, Detroit, uh you know, and you're running races, but I just feel like it just is not the draw. No, I, you may, I, I like the Road America course because there are a lot of long straightaways on the Road America course, and it's like a, it's what is it, four miles? Yeah, but you know, but I, th- but there's, too, I think there's too much of a steady diet of that. I don't disagree uh, with you. Uh, on on the IndyCar circuit, it's like in golf, for example. You get one match play deal a year. You don't get a steady diet of it. Uh, they used to do the Stapleford system one tournament a year out in Colorado. I thought they should have kept that just for something different. But you know, but you don't want a steady diet of it. It's like once in a while, yeah. And I could see once in a while, you know, because I mean these indie cars are meant to move. They are meant to showcase speed. They are not uh, meant to be showcase cornering. Yeah. Well, there's a NASCAR. A... Na- I mean, NASCAR once in a while does the Watkins Glen thing. That's fine, but it's once in a while. Yeah, they do what two a year, or they do one out in California yeah. at Sonoma. But uh, yeah. IndyCar right now is in their summer break, and then they have the road course in Toronto, followed by a really fun oval in Iowa. Then there's the Mid-Ohio, which is another one of those heritage tracks. Then they go to Pocono, and then they have have, uh, Madison uh, at Gateway. 
which is another one of those interesting little oh, uh, like and that that's actually a true oval. That's like oblong, and then they finish up with two road courses. So they're they're in a good stretch now. If you like to see speed, I, I think that's what it's about. I think people love the speed part. There's just I, not enough I, of it. I agree. Yeah, I mean, now maybe there aren't enough tracks to handle these cars. I mean, part of the part of it that you have to have a track that can handle this. Well, the the big one that's a great point, Steve. Because if you look back to Vegas, Vegas is a short track, and Vegas yeah. is the one that that you know that that accident took the life of Dan Weldon. And I think since yeah. that moment, with all those cars on the track, and that was part if if I remember right, that was part of the revamp Triple Crown that year. Yeah. Um, but you know, ever since that incident, I think IndyCar has been very very hesitant to go to anything shorter than. Than almost a, a mile and a half, two mile ovals. I think they, you know there aren't a lot of. I mean, I agree with you that I think that they have to at minimum be two miles, two to two and a half miles. I, I think if you want to have the kind of now, how big's Texas? Is Texas a mile and a half or two miles? Texas, I believe. And I'm, I'm going to look that up because I don't know off the top of my head. It's one thing about Texas. Texas, they move. Texas is fast. Wow, is yeah, that track fast I mean, for the Indy cars? Yeah, it, they move. The I've always been mystified, though, that Texas did not draw as well. Because, I mean, they, they do a wide shot. And I've watched some of the race. They do, they do a wide shot. And on the wide shot, you're like, okay, yeah, there's a crowd there. But you didn't feel like, you know, you felt like more. You're surprised more people weren't in, interested. 1.44. Oh, boy. But you know what? Here, here's the thing, though. The, it, the big it, it difference. Does, it, it does take up. It, look, it does take up a lot of land to do this. I mean, there is an investment involved. I mean, Ontario's been torn down. So. Yeah, Nazareth doesn't even. Uh, Nazareth is all grown up. Everything around. I don't even know if the track's still there. I drove by yeah. it last fall, and you can't even see any of it anymore. Yeah, no, they have trees growing in the middle of the track. I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not, I agree. I'm not exaggerating. No, There's I know. trees growing in the middle of the track now. That's a shame, too, that happened. Because I thought that track was going to get some, quote, traction. That had that unique kink in it, uh, in that back stretch, or in the back. It wasn't really a true oval. Uh, it had a little bit of a kink in it that made it uh, kind of really unique. But, yeah, it was just, just it's such a shame. But 1.4 is probably the smallest you want to go. Yeah. But you got to understand, too, you only have like 22, 24 cars on the track, too. The time they tried that right. at the short yeah. oval at Vegas, they had like 30. And that was just too many. Right. Yeah, it is too many. It's, it's too much traffic, too much to fight. Uh, U.S. and France, 59 minutes deep. One nil U.S. on Mega Rapino's free kick at the 14-minute mark. Okay, so I have a question for you here. Now, since you're talking soccer, and we're just about at the uh, the 60-minute mark, they start they start factoring in eventually stoppage time. Why yeah. is it that soccer can't have a clock that stops the way every other sport that uses a clock does? Why is it that these stoppage times are so hidden until about 30 seconds before the end yeah, of the regulation. Why do they do that? I don't know. It's bizarre. It's it's 2019. They have electronic clocks. They can do it. it it's just so... It feels so shady. It's like arbitrarily three minutes. Oh, I'm like, what? Well, three minutes of stop? 
Oh, no, the U.S. The US and Spain played the other day? It was nine minutes. Yeah. Like nine minutes. Really? Wow. Oh. Yeah, I, I have no idea why. No idea. It's, it's Yeah, that's always been one of those bizarre rules that I never quite understood. But the uh, U.S. women's soccer team has done so much for uh, the youth movement of youth soccer on the girls' side in this country. They're fun. They're exciting. They win. The U.S. loves winners. They win. And the uh, U.S. is winning right now. And they're up 1-0, 60-minute mark. Uh, I was watching one the other day. It was not the... Uh... It was the second. It was the second game they played, um, Chile. Yeah. And they were playing. I mean, and now, now I'm not going to claim to be a soccer genius. I mean, I can watch. I'll watch soccer, but to me, that particular game that that Chile was playing was very defensive and very boring. I mean, the U.S. spent so much time attacking. That was actually fun to watch. But when you're playing an ultra ultra defensive game, it's just well, see, but that's the difference. I think the the uh, the women's game is more wide open, and I think that's really helped. The men play such a defensive style all the time that it, you know, in this country, this country does not retreat. This country likes to attack. Uh, the women's team has always attacked. Now, of course, they've had the talent to do it. Here is the, uh, but here's the story on possession today. France has had possession. 60% of the time in this match. Wow. They have 12 shots on goal in this match. Although the 12 shots on goal, Penn State's Alyssa uh, Naylor, and yes, Alyssa is a Penn State grad, has not had to make a save. The U.S. has nine shots on goal. There have been seven saves. U.S. actually has more fouls. 6-5. France has a yellow card. Offsides, four for France, two for the U.S. Corners, four France, three U.S. And again, saves, six for France, none for the U.S. Alyssa hasn't made a save yet, even though they've had 12 shots. Now, I'm not watching it, so I don't know the quality of the shot. But... And I don't think the U.S. has made a sub yet. Really? The other fact, the other yeah, the other factor in this that's really interesting is it the heat in France isn't is a an absolute record. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about when right. you said that they didn't have a sub. It was supposed to be like eighty six degrees at nine yeah. o'clock at night and humidity yet. Right now in the south of France, the temperature got to nearly one hundred twelve. It did not get that in Paris. But the U.S. is more accustomed to playing in this heat. Europe is not accustomed to playing in this kind of heat. 
Now, they're putting pressure on. As I mentioned, they've had possession 60% of the time so far. But, um, well, I guess there was a delay at the 64-minute mark. Delay over. They are ready to continue. What a thrill. Lindsey Horan. Lindsey Horan just replaced Rose Lavelle. So that what, just what kind of delay the did they have? I'm not Karnak here. I don't know. I thought maybe there was something listed there. Oh, Alyssa Nayer, Nayer just made her first save. There we go. So she got one save in there. So, and Allie Krieger is still in the team, but she hasn't played yet. It's the only time she played was against uh, Chile. All right, we'll come back. More in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Brewers Outlet, Brewers Outlet, Brewers Outlet, Miller Lite 1295, Miller Lite 1295, Miller Lite 1295, Brewers Outlet, Brewers Outlet, Miller Lite 1295, now that's what I'm talking about, Brewers Outlet has Miller Lite 24-pack cans for just 1295, get it, we got it, pickles, ice, cigars, lottery, and all your beverage and party needs are a one-stop shop at the beverage supermarket, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury. Well, the U.S. Mega Rapino has scored again. It's 2-0 U.S. And I believe they're beyond the 70-minute mark in this match. Even though France has tilted the field, the U.S. has taken advantage of their opportunities and Mega Rapino scored twice. And so the U.S. up 2-0. Now, the match is taking place in France, so they could add a half hour of, of extra time. And no one would know because there's really no way to tell how much stoppage time there no, truly was. No, no, no. After being gone two weeks, the king returns. Next half hour. Great to have you with us on this Friday. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hubble's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics Microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, including the specials between now through Tuesday. Miller Lite 24-pack, 12-ounce cans, only $12.95. Labatt, Labatt Light and Lime, 16-ounce, 24-pack, $17.97. Seagram's Coolers, 12-packs, $10.99. Yes, wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. One quick reminder, not just stocking up for the weekend, but stock up for the 4th of July at Brewer's Outlet. U.S. 2-0 over France at the 80-minute mark. Megan Rapino with both goals. And Penn State's Alyssa Nair has made several key saves here in the last 10 minutes. Alyssa's playing really well. And with that, Les Suit, since they're playing France, you are now Les Suit. That's I like that actually. Uh, that's an air of sophistication <laughs> that I don't have. And France just scored Ooh. two two one on a header. Uh, we now bring in the king, the prince of sophistication. What up? And that really kind of. Flush that one, didn't it? <laughs> hey, I hope, I hope, I hope the U.S. loses. I don't want them to win. They don't, okay. You don't want to stand for our national anthem, and you want to represent our country. I don't care how many goals you score. Uh, stay over there. That's how I look at it. I she, that girl totally blew me away. I don't. You stand for our flag, period. Do you want to go in another country and not stand and show up your country? Then go play for France. That's the way I look at it. She ruined it for me. That's Sue Bird's husband. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. That's Sue Bird. Her and Sue Bird are a couple. Oh, okay. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> well, she scored twice, so, I mean. Not for her. I don't care what the honest to God guys. I, I'm tired of these athletes. You're a soccer player. The, our country's paying for you to be over there, and you don't stand for our flag. Then stay over there. That's how I, I hate being so negative all the time. But sports is getting so negative. I mean, look at this crap going to England to play baseball. They don't want us over wow. there. <laughs> that is so stupid. It is oh, boring. I, they ruined I, the game. <laughs> I agree with you. They should be working hard to cultivate our markets Absolutely. where the games are being played. Yeah. I mean, you know what they're yeah. doing to get people to go to the game? They're serving them food in their seats. That's <laughs> like it, it's so funny. W E E I in Boston is going around to all the bars and pubs. They don't care about it at all. They, they're like, why are they even here? They'll look exactly. at American football. Because they like that, but baseball they think is a very boring sport, and I don't know, whatever. Well, but. no, I mean, I, mean, I all this international marketing marketing of the games is something where, I mean, 
I understand you're trying to look. The bottom line is you're trying to find more markets for your merchandise. Absolutely. That's what you're trying to do. That's all they're doing is finding markets for merchandise. That's what spring training's about. If you want to take yeah. spring training and go over there, go there. Regular season, you owe it to the fans of New York, and you owe it to the fans of Boston to play your games in New York and Boston. Okay? In the end, in the end, those are the people who are paying your freight. Well, people and a lot of people around the country don't realize this. I mean, John Henry owns one of the big soccer teams he, over he owns, there. He owns, Liverpool. he owns Liverpool. Right. Yep. So, And he owns the Red Sox. So there's no question there's a connection there, you know, that, right. that hey, let's bring, let, let's take advantage of that. But I, I don't, you know, just, I don't know. No, I, I, Whatever. I, I, like, I, I, I have felt. John sent me a text about UConn going back to the Big East. You know, yeah. okay. Why did they ever leave the Big East? You know, who's? I think a big part of it was for their football program, and now oh, they I'm basically sure have scrapped their football program. Their football program has no place to go. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking in the end maybe a conference USA or something. Yeah. I don't know, but for They're basketball, not good enough for anyone to bring in and say, "Oh wow, we're bringing UConn in." You know, it, it's, right. it's that that's Connecticut in a nutshell, and it's a front-running state. And if you don't win, they're not going to support it. And nobody's going to bring in a team that their own local teams don't support. And by leaving this American Conference, which was absolutely ridiculous to even be in, if you listen to Gino Ariama talk about it, he's right. He's the, the, the UConn program, sports program, lost $40 million last year. Sure, absolutely. They all did. Every team lost. The football team lost the most. Believe it or not, the women's program lost like $3 million. But he said a big part of it is you're flying us all over the country. Right, exactly. And there's an army of people that go with these teams. And they're in the, A, I think it was the All-American Conference or something. Yeah. They had to fly to Houston, Memphis, Tulsa, um, all over the country, Florida. They, as all over the country, they, that was their league that they were in. Now, the Big East for basketball, it's great because most of it's out of New York, you know? Right. Well, it's St. John, Seton Hall, Providence, Villanova, yeah. Georgetown. It's all in that corridor. And you're talking probably a couple million dollars savings just by being in it, you know? Right. Plus what the conference will pay the team to be in it, where the All-American Conference didn't pay them anything. So, right. It, they've Connecticut has constantly made bad decisions, and they put their football fields an hour away from the campus. They, they've always done dumb things, and now they're really paying for it. They can't recruit. They can't. So Sean asked me to comment on it. That's my comment. That the, the jury is out. I don't know. I mean, the women's basketball can play in any division. And it will probably help the men recruit better. So, but for basketball, for football, it practically is a dagger because now they don't really have a league to play in. 
Well, they don't have any rivalries in this thing. To, to, I mean, at least Penn State may not have an absolute rival in the Big Ten, but you've got Michigan, Ohio State, oh, Michigan State. Games that people you know, will watch. Right, they're all big games. Yeah, UConn doesn't have that. tune in around the country. They don't tune in in Connecticut to see them play. Never mind yeah. the country. They're not a right. draw to any league whatsoever. And, no, they aren't. No, they are and, not. And it's a uh, shame because they were on their way to being good. And Randy Etzel really put a, did a number on them. Yep. So, no, he he, he, uh, he left and he went to Maryland and now he's back. Big and, time. Yep. And him leaving just totally destroyed any recruiting. A lot of recruits pulled back and... He had a good thing going here, and they have not recovered from him leaving, even though he's back. And right. he just doesn't have anything to work with. So, I mean, the people in Pennsylvania don't want to hear any more about Connecticut sports, but that's pretty much where it's at. And the only thing Connecticut really has is the UConn women. And it's a good move for them. Everybody else, it doesn't really matter. So. Well, they're going to have to pay for this, though, because they're going to have oh, there's yeah. th- there's, there's, there's three different out. areas. Yeah. There's three different areas they have to pay. Uh, one is they have to pay. I think I thought I saw ten million, but that if it's eleven. Yeah, eleven uh, eleven million dollar exit fee to get out of the American. They have to pay three and a half million to enter the Big East. Yep. And, and they still have to pay Kevin Ollie's contract. <laughs> Uh, it, it, they're, it's a mess. Uh, no, it's a total mess. And and the, these are programs that uh, are the top women's program in the country. The, the men won what? Two, three? Four. How many Calhoun win? Three? Or he won three. Ollie won, won one. Ollie won so, one. I think I they mean, won four uh, altogether. Yeah, I mean, that's right up there with uh, that's the, the best, best of the best in the country. And exactly. they're totally. And this this guy's a good coach, this Hurley guy. Yeah, no, I think Dan's a good Hurley's coach. Brother. He, he's he good. Is. He's he's but I don't he he can build a winner. I think it helps being in the big east again because he can recruit locally again. But yeah. he's a good coach. He did a good job at Rhode Island. So Yeah, no, no, I saw him at Rhode Island a couple times. Yeah, he he's the players he's a players coach. He's unusual. He's a player's coach who's very tough. He's tough on them, but the players love him. They'll run through a wall for him. And that's, you know, I guess a good distinction would be um, the manager for the Red Sox. He's struggling right now because he's a player's manager. And they need discipline on that team big time, and he's not really a disciplinarian. They need a closer. Is what they need. Well, <laughs> That's what they need. They need a closer. Him. Do you yeah, remember they... in spring training they were asking him about it, and he just shrugged his shoulders. He said, "Ah, oh, we'll play it for what it is. It's going to be fine." Uh, they were very cocky this year. Like we can win any way we want to win, and they didn't do anything about getting a closer. So, well, they need one now because it's. I mean, it's pretty. Now, sometimes you say things. Where you're backing your management up. I mean, in other words, he's not in charge of player personnel. So for him to yeah, say, "Well, we don't, we, we don't have a closer," I mean, now you're going against your management. 
Yeah. I mean, when, when you do something like that, so you've got sometimes you're you're the one that's put in the bad spot of having to just gloss over something when the person Why that do you should think be they didn't should go be out and get a closer. I mean, they had they could have signed the other guy, the guy they had last year. They chose not to. So. Uh, I think they chose not to because it would put them so far over on the luxury tax. Yeah, I think they they you know I think money actually entered into it. And I think they're starting to really think about how do they handle down the road the contract of Martinez, the contract of Mookie Betts. I think they're starting to think about stuff like that. So you know that me and 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 see, baseball is now at a point where you know the age factor enters into it too. If you talk to analytics people, you know, they'll tell you that beginning at the age of thirty-three. You, it, that, now this is in general everybody's different because your effectiveness starts to tail off well that's why you're seeing fewer and fewer players over the age of 33 in Major League Baseball it's true I think we made a comment maybe three four weeks ago about and, and I heard it on another show it was nothing I thought of but how many of these players that have signed these five-year contracts, ten-year contracts, big money, actually got better after they signed their contract? Well, so, you know, it's interesting when Sidney Crosby... Maybe Mike Trout, and that's it. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, like four years from now is Trout. I mean, Pulholtz did not. Cano did not. Nope. I mean, Machado and Harper will be interesting test cases. Dustin I like now. Oh yeah, no, no. no Machado, I, 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 I could. I don't think Machado's I, ever going to be any more than an average no, player. No, but Harper, um, he's a tough Pedro, guy. I like him. Pedroia signed signed an eight year contract, got hurt, so he hasn't been doing anything. Yep. I mean, he signed an he signed an eight year deal, and this happens over and over again in baseball. Some of these long contracts going all the way. You can go back to the seventies when Wayne Garland, a pitcher who has won twenty games with the Orioles, signed with the Indians. Yep. And then did nothing. Uh, and this this happened idealistically, and I realize what I'm about to say is not realistic, but idealistically, I would never sign a position player to more than five years, and I'd never sign a pitcher to more than three. That was the Red Sox way a few years ago. They would not, That's why John Lester, they didn't sign him. They would yeah. not sign a pitcher to more than three-year contract, so they lost John Lester. Yeah. And then they they bring Chris Sale in and give him whatever he wants. And I'm sorry, right. Chris Sale is not the same pitcher he was before. He's got issues. And but John Lester's with the Cubs because the Red Sox would not sign him to a more than a three year deal, something like that. He did well, not so want to leave Boston. I mean, his kids right. loved the school system, the whole nine yards. It was a family. It, it, it was then they wouldn't budge. And then he leaves, and they'll sign anybody. Right. I mean, how how many years does David Price have? Right. Yeah, that, Price he's has got a big contract. Price Sales has seven, got at se- least five years. Price has seven years. Price has seven years. Yeah. Price has seven years. Yeah. So he, so he's still got that. I don't. No, no, and he's still got four years to go on it. Uh, yeah. Harper, I'll say this about Harper. Harper, of course, plays really, really hard. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and, and the part about Harper is this. The, it's interesting how the Phillies made a series of moves in the offseason, and I liked all of them. 
McCutcheon liked it. Now McCutcheon got hurt. You can't help that. All right? Trading for JT Real Muto. Loved it. Okay? Signing Harper. Awesome. It's not my money. Signing Harper. Awesome. Okay? And what they did was is they, they did something that is critical in sports that is not talked about enough. They gave their fan base hope. Right? Yes, they, by making right. all the right moves, they gave their fan base hope. Now let's flip it to the western part of the state. The Pirates give their fan base no hope. None. I don't care if they're winning a few games right now. Whoop-de-doo. Uh, they don't give their fan base. Okay, Josh Bell is having a fabulous year. 22 home runs, 70 runs knocked in. Okay, the U.S. just beat France 2-1. Uh, 20 home run, 22 home runs, 70 knocked in. He's going to be with that team three more years. I can tell you right now on June the 28th, 2019, Josh Bell never will re-sign with the Pittsburgh Pirates. His agent right. is Scott his agent is Scott Boris. Okay? Scott Boris is not even going to have one negotiating talk with Neil Huntington. None. Because the Pirates are on a budget, everybody knows it, and they're not going to re-sign Josh Bell. And they, but and he'll play three, he'll play they, three years. The, basically what you're saying is they don't want to win. So why well, exactly. don't they want to win? They want to do it with their budget. I don't know what their player budget is, but I know their salary structure is sixty-five million this year, right? But it's why like is the, there? It, so to me, their problem is because people say the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the but the Yankees. I know more about the Yankees and Red Sox because I follow them closer. Their farm system, their minor league system, both teams is outstanding. Well, that's that's what I've, and they, I've pointed and they out. They draw to... from that. They trade right. from that. They do. So it's not right. really that... about money with the Red Sox and Yankees. I mean, yeah, and the Astros and the, and the Astros later on, but and the Astros, the Astros, Red Sox, Yankees. Okay. Yep. They have gone and the Dodgers. Dodgers. I mean, yeah, right? Dodgers. We look at. I mean, Muncy, Bellinger. You know, I mean, uh, Seager. I mean, all those guys. Well, guess what? Okay. I've said this to Pittsburgh fans. I said, the pressure on you to draft well on your team is higher. Like Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, it's higher pressure on them to draft well. I said, and yet this is the part that has to hurt you. The Yankees, the Astros, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers have all out-drafted you. You could have drafted every player on each of those teams, Absolutely. and you and you didn't, and they did later in the round. Oh, and each round, much over and over. Yep. And it, it becomes your right. <laughs> right. In other words, Chris, you mentioned Chris Sale. Well, Chris Sale gets the final three outs of the World Series. Well, guess what? That's worth Johan Moncada to me. The whole point's to win it. So right? any I mean, one of those teams had a shot at Aaron Judge. Absolutely, he was the twenty seventh overall. He was that's the twenty seventh. Kind of I was making is they're just playing a bad organization. You right. know the Yankees, the Reds. Look at the Red Sox. Go around first. Go go around every position. They're all homegrown. Sure, they are. They didn't go out. All right, they brought Martinez in. Right, but Mookie Betts. Right, homegrown. See, I, see that uh, right that's what you do. Lineup. I mean the shortstop. 
homegrown. He's Vol- from Volgarts, Devers, oh. Benintendi, Bradley, Betts, Vasquez. They all are through the system. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, they Okay? Pirate fans. Okay? The good teams outdrafted you. You're not doing and a good job of player development. <laughs> yes. Wait. Aaron Judge was the 27th overall pick. You could have <laughs> picked him. Yeah. You said no. You went someplace else with some high school pitcher. Yeah. Hey, come on. You know, we're just picking big names, you know, but the Yankees hey, Mike, and Red Mike Sox Trout. are good because they are very strong organizations. Eventually they spend money, but in the beginning. But, well, it's yeah. All about they, building. Look at, yeah, and you talked about what players stay in long contracts. I'll give you one Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is somebody that they signed. I think he signed a 10-year contract, and he honored every bit of it. And yeah. He homegrown, started with the Yankees, and just spent his entire 20-some-odd years with the Yankees. All right. And that's just and the, fascinating. And back to the Pirates. The Pirates do not give second contracts. All right? They move on to the next guy. Once you're done with your six years, you're done with your arbitration years, pick another spot. You know, it'd be one thing if they had, like, a mold that they were following, and this yeah. is what works for us. It doesn't right. work, you know? No. So you're So that's why somebody like me will ask the question, why don't they want to win? Because what they're doing doesn't work. You know, well, I, I go back to 2014, and I said on the show, it was 2015 maybe, I said, Pirate fans, I'm worried for you because your window is closing. Was, oh, no, no, come on, what are you talking about? We're going to be good. No, your window's closing. Guess what? Okay? Window's shut. Well, uh, it's a shame because it's, got, it's a historical team. Willie Stargell, you know. Roberto four, Clemente, you know, it, it, it's got a lot of history. They haven't won the – well, this is a bad year for them. 1979 is the last year they won the World Series, and that was 40 years ago. you wow. got people that you got people that are 45 years old that, have, that don't remember their team ever winning the World Series in Pittsburgh. Just a quick one before we hang up. Did you see what that pitcher for the – Dodgers, but he threw the home run to the San Francisco player. Oh, yeah. Or, no, yes. the San Francisco pitcher. Yeah, San Francisco. Oh, I forgot player. his name. The real good pitcher. And the yeah, guy said, if you don't want to watch me walk around the bases, then go get the ball out of the. <laughs> you can go get the ball. <laughs> so funny. Hey, so. have a great weekend, everyone.